Welcome to the Colonial Hills Podcast, a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church. So if you're there in your Bibles in Psalm 25, um, let's read it. Now this is, by the way, this is what we call an alphabet psalm. Uh, there are several of them in our Bibles. That means that there's a sentence with the first letter, is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And it goes all the way through the alphabet with the exception of the letter Q. And uh, so there are 21 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, I believe. And so that's, the, now you say, well, this verse has 22, or this psalm has 22 verses. I know, I know. I'll tell you at the end why. And uh, so let's read it beginning. Now, if you've got a Bible that details the letters, you can see the letters of the alphabet as you go through this. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not thine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindness, for they have been of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions, according to thy tender mercies, thou, thou, uh, thou me, for the, thy goodness sake. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore will he teach sinners in the way. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will I teach his way. Will he teach his way? All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth, unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For not thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell in ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. Now, I love this verse. I almost want to get my hands out there. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. I wonder what all that means. That's interesting. And he will show them his covenant. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn thee unto me, and, I have, and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. O oh, bring thou me out of my distresses. Look upon mine affliction and my pain, and forgive all my sins. Consider thine enemies, for they are many, and they hate me that, uh, with cruel hatred. And keep my soul and deliver me. Let, not be ashamed, let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in thee. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Okay, now that is the end of the alphabet. So why is verse 22 in there? It's an addition. Most likely a scribe put that in there to help the people know this wasn't written just for David. This was written for all the people. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Still God's word. It's there for a reason. And we're grateful for this psalm. Now, when I was working on this passage, I couldn't help but think that um, this time of year, and I tell this to young people when I speak in chapel and maybe the first of the year or whatever, I said, you're lucky because in your life you have kind of two beginnings. 
You have January the 1st as a kind of a new beginning, new year. And you also have the beginning of school. So all your grades in the past are forgotten. Well, maybe not forgotten, but not held against you as much. But anyway, so you have a chance to start over. And every teacher has the opportunity with their students to be able to help them as they start over into a new grade because it's a new, fresh beginning. And in this passage of scripture, you see where David is struggling with enemies. He tells you that from the very beginning. If you're looking there, he says, Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul? He says, Let me not be ashamed, but let not mine enemies triumph over me. Okay, now, that's David. You say, well, then why does it apply to me? Do you have enemies? I think we all do. Start with our flesh. And the corruptness of our minds. We have enemies. The Bible tells us our hearts are wicked. And so we have enemies. Sometimes, though, we have other enemies. Maybe it's a relative. Maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's somebody else. And so we have enemies. So, so this verse of Scripture isn't just for David. And when we look at this, we don't know from the way it reads when this occurred in David's life. Sometimes there are dead giveaways of what, when he's writing what could have been happening at that time. This could have been when David was, was trying to escape uh, Saul at Ziklag, and he was running around, there were people after him and so forth. So he was struggling. But we don't know exactly the time, but what we do know he was struggling with enemies, just like we struggle with enemies. And then you notice a couple things as I was reading this verse of Scripture. There's a couple of words that stand out. The first one is the word way. It occurs four times in this chapter of Scripture. It's always interesting how that word way comes into our Bibles. Um, and then we have the word path, that, that is a, dis, a different word for way that occurs once in this psalm. But of course, and when we think of the word way, we go to John 14, and when the Lord Jesus said, I am the what? I am the way, the truth and life. That's why in the book of Acts, the people who were Christians were first called people of the way, going back to what the Lord Jesus said in John 14. So, that, the, so David is looking at that and saying, I need to know the way. I need guidance. All of us need guidance. And uh, just to be able to know, Lord, what do I do in my life from this point forward? What happens? What's going on with this decision that I'm about to make? Or whatever. We need guidance. Now, so verses 1 through 7 kind of talks about the fact of um, that need for guidance in verse 4. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth in verse Five and teach me. And um, so all this is, is, is a, a look on the desire on the, in the heart of, of David in writing this to say, Lord, I need help. I need guidance. I, and yet you always look at a person like David, who's a great soldier, great administrator. Um, he was a great musician. There was this number of things he was really special at. But yet he knew he still needed guidance. He still needed help from the Lord, just like all of us do. But then you get to verse, the second section of the, of the psalm, begins at verse 8, goes down to verse 14. Because David tells us a little bit about God in that section. Notice this when we read the beginning of verse 8. Um, he says, good and upright is the Lord. Okay, that's what he tells us. We want to know about God? David says, he's good. He's upright. He's not going to do the wrong thing. And so we learn a little bit about that. Therefore, will he teach sinners in the way? 
And it says, the meek will he guide into judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. So there is teaching us a little bit about who God is. And it's good and refreshing for us as God's people to just to kind of take a step back and say, I, I, need to be, I need to hear a little bit more about who God is. And David reviews these things in this psalm as he's writing this to make sure we understand, though we have enemies, do we know who God is? And does he mean that much to us in that, in that way of thinking? So that's very important as we go through, all the way down through it. Um, for he talks about, says, what man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way. There we have that word way again, that he shall choose. His soul shall delight with these, and his seed shall inherit the earth. And we learned about what God's doing. But I love the culmination of this section when he goes into verse 14. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. How many times have we heard somebody, talked to somebody, and said, you know, I didn't understand what God was doing here and here and here. But then something happened, and our eyes were open. And all of a sudden we see, oh, that's what God's doing. Oh, I see his direction now. Oh, I'm grateful that I went through this, because this is the end result of that. And so the secrets of the Lord, learning more about how God works, how he deals with us, isn't it wonderful? And David knew that the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. That's a great idea, to know that, that uh, sometimes it is a secret, but we find it out as time goes along. And so he gets that. Now, verse 15 and through 21, we find out a third section of the psalm, and that is, and this is what I want to spend the most time on, so we have till 9.30, quarter 10. So, um, <laughs> so we get to verse 15. David tells God, that his enemies have hurt him and makes him unhappy. I think everybody in here who's had an enemy of some sort or another, maybe somebody who lied about you at work or mistreated you in a certain way, or in a school situation, somebody that wrote something about you that was awful, you could be able to say, yeah, I understand that. And David is saying, that I have enemies, and this is what they've done to me. Look at verse 15. Because he tells you there, my enemies are, mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, um, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. There's the net is the idea of somebody trying to trip me up. He says, turn thee unto me and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. He wasn't happy with the enemies around him, whatever they were doing to him at the time. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Now, I think we could kind of get from that is the idea that David probably went through times of despair and maybe even depression. Because uh, they didn't use the word depression as much in those days, but the heart is enlarged, and that was the idea of my heart hurts for what is going on or what's happening around me. So David would say, yes, I'm going through difficult times that even causes me to have times of despair. And we all have seen probably some of that. And so he lets us know what that means and how difficult uh, that would be. So anyway, when we go through all this, um, it's interesting to, to note the fact that uh, when we think of the idea of ways and paths, there's always a good way and a not-so-good way. And the good way, we look at Psalm 1, where he talks about that blessed is the man that he doesn't do what? He doesn't stand, sit, and, or walk, stand, and sit and all those, with all those people, but he plants his feet by the, by the river, 
and, uh, and his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that word does he delight, uh, does he read, meditate day and night? And he says, but the wicked are not so. I think about verse 4. So there's obviously two different ways there to go. And so David wants us to know that that's obviously true. But now when you get down to uh, the latter part here, beginning at verse 15, um, there's four dangers that David talks about. And here again, whenever you read the Bible, I'd like to tell you this before, and you've heard me say this before, you got to read it with a little bit of a sanctified imagination. In other words, kind of put yourself into these words and think to yourself, do I struggle with this or that? And could David have been writing generically about me and about the situations that I face? So when you get to verse 15, there are uh, five different things that I think all of us struggle with. Verse 15 says this, Mine eyes are ever before the Lord. He shall pluck my feet out of the net. That's obviously the idea of danger. So we have struggles with danger. The Bible tells us that Satan is a destroyer. And, uh, and he's a murderer. And he would love to trap us, love to ruin us. And we're going to have times of danger. Um, especially like a young person, where are you going to go? Are you going to go to this place? What could happen there? Who's there? And a lot of times young people, don't ask me those questions. I'm just going out with my friends. Oh, no, where are you going? And what's there? Who's there? What's going to happen there? Why? Because the parent realizes there's obvious dangers that could come about with that. And the heartache will come when we find out that those dangers have ensnared our young people. And we get caught in those issues. It's like the trap that David was talking about here in verse 15. So there are dangers. that All of us face dangers. Verse 16. Turn thee unto me, for have mercy upon me, for I am desolate. Desolate is the idea of lonely. I am desolate. There's nothing. I'm lonely. You ever felt issues of loneliness? I think about all of us have at different times in our lives. Loneliness in our relationships, loneliness maybe at the job, loneliness in a lot of things. And so all of these things I'm talking to you about that David mentions here in this psalm are issues that every one of us can face and struggle with. Dangers, loneliness. Look at the third one, because it gets even stronger as you go down through this passage. He said, the troubles of my heart enlarged. We talked about that. Oh, bring thou me out of my distresses. I don't know if David could have used the word a broken heart. I'm sure that that May's family, I don't know them, but losing a son has to be a tremendous hurt uh, to a family, a broken heart. And we see that, that that comes about in lives. And um, sometimes we, those enlarged troubles can either make us or break us. Uh, Warren Weirdsby said, it will turn us into giants or crush us into pygmies. That's an interesting way of looking at distresses and a broken heart. So we see this. David is saying, this is the kind of thing that's happening to me. But it goes down further. We, we've got two more. Verse 18, verse 18, look upon my afflictions and my pain, my pain. What is he talking about there? Well, did David have struggles as a younger king? Now remember, in David's life, 
course, as a young man, he had a situation with Goliath. That was the high point of his youth, and being picked by Samuel to be the king, yet he was the youngest person of the family, Jesse's family. And when he became the king, of course, it didn't start right away. He was in Hebron for about seven years or so, and then eventually went to Jerusalem. But his pathway in the king realm went up and up and up until the 20th year. His reign was 40 years long. 20th was the apex. That was Bathsheba. When kings went off to war, David stayed back and got involved with Uriah's wife. And then on, bam, bam, bam. Losing his sons, lost Absalom, lost Adonijah, lost Amnon. Three of his kids died. He had struggles and heartache all that time. And the word that comes out with all of that is the word regret. See, the struggle is, is that when you play with sin and the issues that sin will bring forth to you, you think, I can flirt with that, I can do that, I can get along with that, and then I can forget it. No, you can't. And so David, in venturing in verse 18, he lets you know that um, look upon my affliction and my pain and see what's happened to me. And forgive me of the sins. He's struggling because he has regret. But then the last one is in verse 19. He says, consider mine enemies, for they are many, and they hate me with cruel hatred. Wow. What a way to end the alphabet psalm. And uh, where he's talking about all these enemies he's had, things he's learned from the Lord. But then these last couple of verses, he lets you know that there is fear. That's the word. So verse 15, it's danger. Verse 16, it's loneliness. 17, it's a broken heart. 18, it's regrets. 19, it's fear. Fear. I fear because I have so many people coming against me. And that's a struggle. And then he finishes it. I owe soul, oh my soul, oh keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed. I love that idea. He wants the Lord never to get the blame for things. You know, I tried to serve the Lord and this is what I get. Think the Lord likes hearing that? I don't think so. So the psalmist there is trying to put the blame on himself and to realize, Lord, this is how much I need you and how much I need to walk in your way Seek your paths and go that direction, and then I find joy. But can you imagine writing all that to the style of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet and make it sense? Listen, these guys were geniuses at what they did, and this is tremendous. And we've, of course, the longest one of the alphabet psalms is what? Yeah, 119. Okay, huge long. Don't try to memorize it one day. And, um, but when you look at these psalms, you see this is so skillfully done. It is skillful in the way it's done and skillful in the way it's thought. And that Psalm, 19, Psalm 25 is indeed that way. This podcast has been a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church, a church home for all people. 
If what you've heard has been an encouragement to you, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you'd like to connect with Colonial or find more resources, you can find us online at colonialindy.org. You can also check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope to see you next time on the Colonial Hills Podcast. Thank you.